0: Thanks for checking out the Junior High Ministry podcast from Mariner's JHM. This is week one of a three-week series called Tis the Season. Uh, Jeremy's going to be talking about what does it look like to have hope and find hope in a season where sometimes it becomes about presence or things, where you're eating, where you're going, what you're doing. Um, how do we continue to find hope in Jesus during this time? Uh, hope you enjoy the podcast. Feel free to send it to friends. And remember, if you get a chance go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review, um, let people know what you think of the podcast, how it's helping you stay connected with not only what Jesus is doing in your life, but what you're learning about Jesus and how you're taking next steps in your relationship with Jesus because of the podcast. So hope it's helping you out. Enjoy your week. Can't wait to see you guys later as we journey toward Christmas.
1: Good morning. Hello. Good morning, JHM. Hello. I'm so glad you guys are here this morning. My name is Jeremy. If I don't know you yet, I'd love to meet you after service. If you're new, I know we had a few new people this morning that didn't come up. I want to meet you after service too. Uh, We're going to get the lights up. Hey, we are starting a new series today. So you guys chose an incredible weekend to be here in JHM. It's incredible for two reasons. Reason number one, because it's a new series weekend and what gets better than new series? But the other reason why you chose a great weekend is we have Dippin' Dots this weekend. So if you didn't get any before service, make sure you get some Dippin' Dots after service. I think we've got like rainbow ice and brownie batter left. That's just because we love you in JHM and because we believe life is better in JHM. So make sure you get those after service. Well hey, who is excited for Christmas? Woo, there we go. That should be like a universal yes. Hey, I don't know about you, but I love, I love Christmas. I do. I really love Christmas. I love, I love everything about Christmas. I love peppermint bark, especially. I ate an entire tin this week of peppermint bark. I love peppermint hot chocolate. I love Christmas lights. I love snow. I love fake snow. I like, um, I like lawn ornaments that are tacky. I like the wreath on my door. I like the tree in my living room. Like I love, I love all of the things of Christmas. I love the time you get with people. So, I love that this month, like, there's more Christmas parties. There's family Christmas parties. There's work Christmas parties. Like, Christmas is the season to party. It's so, it's the best. I love, I love Christmas. Uh, I love, I love that in Christmas, hey, front row boys, come on, my life group, come on, come on, chill. Uh, I love, I love the whole season of Christmas. And I wish, uh, I wish that you know, for the month of awesomeness that we have, I wish that all of the other stuff that's not awesome in our lives just didn't happen. Like I really do. Um, you know, when you walk into the store during the Christmas season, you hear songs. Uh, you hear songs like "Joy to the World." You hear songs like "Silent Night." Like those are church songs being sung in a in a non-church store, and I think that's really cool. So there's so much awesome stuff happening during the Christmas season. I wish, I wish that the messiness of life just hit pause. I wish that it would just hit pause for, like, the month of Christmas. But the reality is, and you know this and I know this, you and I know that life is messy. It is. Like, life is just messy sometimes. Uh, you know I, don't know, I don't know what each of our messes is. Like, I know a lot of you pretty well. Um, and I know some of the things that are going on in people's lives that are in this room. I'll name a few of them out. I don't know what yours is, but I know that for some, some people in this room, I know that your parents are in a divorce right now. I know that there are people in junior high right now whose parents lost their job this week and they don't know how they're going to pay for Christmas presents for you. I know that there are people in this room there are people in this room who are failing classes in school right now. I know that there are people in this room that are struggling with eating disorders with anxiety and with depression. I know that there are people in this room that are struggling with their friendships because they feel like their friends just keep letting them down time after time after time after time. And now I wish that we could just put all of those things on pause for a month and just enjoy the fullness of Christmas. Like, that would be, wouldn't that be the best? Like, wouldn't it be the best if it was just peppermint and snow cones and candy canes all day? Like, that would be awesome. I wish that I could put the things that are, that are kind of messy in my life on pause for a month or forever. Um, most of you guys don't know this, but so a couple months ago, my sister had a baby uh, my sister and her husband had a baby. Uh, his, they named him Charlie River. He's very cute. When he was born, he was actually premature. And so he was, he was born at four pounds, eight ounces, which is like real tiny to be a baby. Like that's a very, very small baby. He's like about the size of my forearm or like the size of like a loaf of bread. He's just very small. And he's so cute. Um, but part of the reason why, so because Charlie's born early... Means that his health wasn't as good. And so he spent the first two weeks of his life in what's called the NICU. It's like the infant intensive care unit. So it's not a good place to be if you're a baby. Like they poke you full of needles and they plug things into you and make sure your brain's working. Um, fortunately, Charlie's healthy now, and that's really awesome. And Charlie got to go home after a few weeks of being in the hospital. Um, but the really sad thing, I know, let's go, go God. The sad thing, the sad thing though, is that uh, baby Charlie's health is like pretty unstable. And so the, because he was born early and because he's just not as developed as, like, other babies are when they're born at the right time, um, it means that he's, like, more susceptible or he's more likely to get, like, really, really sick. And so that, because my sister's baby, my nephew, is really likely to get sick... It's made this like, really hard, strained relationship between my mom and her husband, and my sister and her husband, because they want to protect their little baby from getting sick, and so they don't want him to see people, and my mom and her husband like, want to go see them, because like, they want to go be grandparents. And So it's made this like, really hard dynamic that's really messy in my family, and the, the worst part is that I, l- I listen to both sides of it, because I'm the brother, and I'm also my mom's son, obviously. So I listen to the sides of like, my sister, who's whining about how annoying she thinks my mom is. If you think that goes away after junior high, it doesn't. And then I listen to my mom, who's, like, crying and is sad because my sister doesn't like her husband, who's our stepdad. And so it's so tough. It's so tough. And I wish, I really wish that we could just put pause, like, hit hit a pause button so that the messiness of life would go away during this Christmas season. And we could just enjoy the love and the joy and the peace and the hope that is Christmas. Now, here's what I know. When life is messy... We always, every single one of us, turn to something to put our hope in. Now, if you don't believe me, think about the things you want for Christmas. Each of us have things that we're hoping for for Christmas. We all have things that we we place hope in. And I think it's really easy, especially in light of the messiness in our lives, it's really easy to put our hope in stuff during the Christmas season. It's really easy just to hope for a new camera. It's really easy just to hope for a laptop. Or it's really easy to hope for a new video game system. Or it's really easy to hope for, you know, fill in the blank. Whatever the thing is that you're like, oh, I want that. You know, like you walk into the store and you're like, I want that. Like, whatever it is, it's really easy to put our hope in that. It's, it, and we think, like, oh, man, if I just get... Blank. Like, if I get that thing for Christmas, it's going to make the messiness of my life go away. And I just really hope that that's going to happen. I think a lot of us, uh, whether you are aware of it or not, a lot of us live thinking that. We think that stuff will solve our problems. We think that we'll wake up Christmas morning and we'll be happy and the mess will go away. Reality is, is we know that's not true. Like, Christmas comes and it goes and then December 26th happens, which is what holiday? Boxing Day. You're right. So, we get to Boxing Day And the reason why it's called Boxing Day is because people just want more boxes of stuff. Um, And so we get to Boxing Day, which is December 26th, and people just want more stuff. Like, stuff isn't going to satisfy you. Putting your hope in stuff and in gifts and in presents is not going to make you happy this Christmas season. Like, it might give you a little temporary joy. But what is cool is that Jesus invites us to put our hope in him. We're going to talk about what that means. um, So as we dive in, will you guys pray with me? And then we're going to dive into some, some passages of scripture. Let's pray. God, you are good, and I believe that you have huge things for us to learn about you today. I pray that we can put our hope in you, and I pray that that hope will transform our lives this Christmas season. Amen. Okay, so we're gonna read a, a passage out of Isaiah 9:6. Isaiah 9:6 says this: For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Okay. A couple things about this verse. So this is in a book called Isaiah. Everybody say Isaiah. Isaiah, okay. Isaiah is a book in the Old Testament, and Isaiah is a prophecy. A prophecy is something that God's saying, this is going to happen someday. So it's not something that's happened yet, but it's God's way of saying, hey, this is going to happen someday. And so, this prophecy in the book of Isaiah is written about a group of people called the Israelites. The Israelites are a really important group of people in the Bible. There's a lot of stories in the Bible about them. But in this prophecy, it's it's prophesying or it's predicting or it's it's telling the reader what's going to happen in the future. And so, it's saying someday the problems in your lives are going to change. Someday the mess in your life is going to change because there's going to be a child that's born... A son is given, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called these things Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, this is a verse that gets read a lot of the Christmas season because this is the verse, one of the many verses, that's prophesying Jesus being born. You see, there's a lot of verses in the Bible, a lot of verses in the Bible that predict or that point towards Jesus' birth. This is one of them. But what all of those verses have in common is that those verses are predicting or prophesying that there's going to be a Messiah. Everybody say Messiah. Okay. Messiah literally means the one who has come to save. So the whole world, everybody, well, everybody that was Jewish at the time, that that read the Old Testament, that read the Torah, which was a whole lot of people at the time, everybody that was Jewish would have read the, the teachings of the Old Testament and the Torah And they were hoping for a Messiah. They were hoping for a Savior because their world was a mess. And so the idea that someday there was going to be a Savior who was going to come and have power and the government was going to rest on his shoulders, like that is really, really good news. And so what you need to know before we dive into the the passage we're going to read is that the world was a mess when Jesus was born. And this is predicting and saying, prophesying, someday there's going to be a Messiah, a Savior, who's going to come and save you from the mess of your life and the world that you're in. Okay. Okay. So turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, they're in the carts at the end of the rows. Would you do me a favor? If you already get to Luke chapter 1, will you just yell the page number out? Because I know it's kind of hard to find things in the Bible someday. If you, get to, if you get to Luke chapter 1, will you do me a favor and just yell out the page number? Whoever gets there first, yell it out. 1,007. 1,007. There we go. Turn to page 1,007 in the, in the JHM Bibles. Luke 1. Luke chapter 1. It's page 1,007 or 1,008 get there. We're going to read from it on the screen too. So if you don't have a Bible, it's okay. But I think it's, I think it's good when you hold like the paper Bible in your hands. Okay. It says this, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, which is a village in Galilee to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Okay. We're going to pause here. So, uh, how many of you have ever read the Bible and thought it was boring? Just be honest. I'm raising my hand. You can too. It's okay? Okay. So sometimes we read the Bible and we think the Bible's boring. And that makes me sad. Like I'm sad. I'm sorry that you have ever read the Bible and thought it was boring. Because it means that we haven't taught you how fun the Bible is. Here's why the Bible's fun, is fun. The Bible is full of stuff. It's full of little details. That if you catch the little details, it makes you see that the Bible is part of a way bigger story. That the little thing you're reading in the Bible is part of the way bigger story of the whole Bible. Okay, here's what I mean. There's two details in this passage that you've got to know. Uh, Mary was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. So, engaged means that Mary wasn't married yet. It means that Joseph liked it and he put a ring on it. But he like they're betrothed, they're engaged, whatever you want to call it. Like they're not married yet. So Mary is not married. The other key detail. The other key detail is that it says that she was engaged to a man named Joseph who was a descendant of King David. What's a descendant? Yep. Yeah, like a son or like a son of 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 a, like, like, there was a whole lot of sonna- sons between David and Joseph, right? But he was descended from King David. So, a lot of the prophecies, like I said, a lot of the Old Testament prophecies have to do with Jesus... Uh, some of the most important ones for the people that would that were reading this when it was written, some of the really important prophecies were that Jesus was going to be ascended, descended from King David. And the reason why that's important is that the Bible is proving itself as trustworthy and true. So when it says things like this, when it says, hey, Joseph was a descendant of King David, it's saying, hey, like, listen, trust that the Bible's true because it's telling you that the thing it predicted about itself is coming true. So Jesus is... Uh, Son of Joseph, who is the descendant of King David. Okay, next slide. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. And now, I don't know how many of you ever had a dream where an angel appeared, but I think that Mary's response is pretty similar to how my response would be. It says that she was confused and disturbed. On the next slide. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. Now, what was Mary again? Uh, Joseph was the descendant of King David. Very close, though. Mary was a virgin, and she was also engaged. So Mary, getting this news, that is not good news. Like, that is terrible news for Mary to find out that she's going to have a baby. The reason why it was terrible news is because in the society that they lived in, you would be basically kicked out of society if you had a baby before you were married. Here's what I mean by that. Uh, in that society, they had, they had groups of people. Like the, the society that Mary lived in had, was really big into grouping people into different groups. They had Jews and they had Gentiles. Uh, Gentiles was a non-Jew. And then a Jew was anybody who followed the teachings of the Old Testament. Now, take all of the, they had all of the Jews, and they had all of the Jews in, in cities together. And then they would have um, people that were referred to as clean and people who were referred to as unclean. People who were clean were just people who followed all of the rules, all of the, the laws, all the teachings of the Old Testament. So if you followed all the rules, you got to be clean. If you broke the rules, you were unclean. The other things that made you unclean is that if you were born with like leprosy, which is kind of like a skin disease, um, or if you were an invalid, or if you were lame or paralyzed, like you would be put in the category of unclean people. Now, don't worry. I know when I say leprosy, some of you are like, oh, I got dry skin. It's wintertime. Like, do I have leprosy? Like, oh, no, I got a WebMD, that. Don't worry. Most likely, you do not have leprosy. If you have dry, flaky skin or if you're, you know, dandruffy, that's a different thing. Get salsam blue for that. You do not have leprosy, most likely. However, if you had leprosy in Jesus' time, you were outcast. So you were looked at as less than. Now, don't miss this. Hey, don't miss this. Looking at you. So in Jesus' time, we had clean, we had unclean. Unclean was invalids, people with leprosy, diseases. Now, if you committed adultery, if you had a baby before you were married, you were below the unclean. So you were like the basement, you were the bottom, you were the worst, you were the worst of the worst. So Mary is getting news that she's about to have a baby, which is going to make her automatically, like societally just kicked out, and people are going to hate her. Next slide. He, uh, the angel keeps going. The angel says, he will be very great, talking about Jesus. He will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David. Remember, related to King David, important. He will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Okay, what, what word in that, in that paragraph pops out to you? What word in that paragraph stands out to you? Yeah. Kingdom will never end. What else? A throne, he will take the throne of his ancestor David. What else stands out to you? Yep. Son of the Most High. Yeah, let's get like two more. Yep. He'll reign forever. Okay. And the thing that all of these words have in common is that all of these words have to do with power and authority. All of these words in these verses are predicting, it's it's the angel telling Mary, Your son, Jesus, is going to be king. Like I said, everybody back then really wanted a Messiah. They wanted a Messiah because their king was a really bad dude named Caesar. So Caesar had a really bad haircut, and he also has a terrible pizza, but a delicious salad dressing. So Caesar was a really bad dude. He was a terrible ruler at the time. Um, He believed that he was the son of God. And the way that Caesar kept his power is actually on the next slide. You can see that they had these coins. The way that he kept his power is that it says Caesar son of God. It says, Caesar is Lord. And so Caesar literally believed, and he made people believe by putting his name and his face on money. He made people believe that he was actually God. And so this angel is telling Mary, Mary, your son is going to reign. Your son, Jesus, is going to reign. He's going to come, and he's going to do something radical. He's going to restore hope for the world. He's going to save the world. And so in the next slide, we got this. Mary asks the angel, how can this happen? That's a really logical question because Mary is engaged. Remember, Joseph liked it. He put a ring on it. They're not married yet, so she can't be a mama. So, so Mary says, how can this happen? Like, how is that possible? And the angel replies in the next slide. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Now, Mary's reply is important. Mary knows that she's about to be kicked out of society. She knows that she's going to be publicly shamed. She knows that all of these things could be really bad for her. And instead, she responds, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. All right, here's something that's important. Mary, Mary, in the midst, in the midst of what would be really bad news for her, Mary responds with hope in God because she trusted the bigger picture. Mary put her hope in the bigger picture. Mary put her hope in God, knowing that God had a plan. Like I said earlier, I think we all put our hope in something. I think this Christmas season, it would be so easy for us to put our hope in gifts and in stuff and in hoping that people will somehow make us happy. But what Mary does is so radical because Mary puts her hope in God and in the bigger plan that God had for her. God's plan was for her to be the mother of Jesus. What a crazy responsibility that is. Like, God's plan for her was to be one of the most important people in the life of his own son. What a huge responsibility. And so Mary's reply is so important because she says, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said come true. She doesn't say, like, uh, I don't think I'm in. I'm out. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my two weeks notice. I'm going to leave. Mary says, hey, whatever God wants, I'm in. So, You see, here's what's important, is that Jesus came to restore hope. We're going to get that up there. Jesus came to restore hope. The world that Jesus was living in was a world that didn't have a lot of hope. The world that didn't have a lot of hope at the time that Jesus was born because they were ruled by a tyrant. They were ruled by a king. His name is Caesar, like I said. They're ruled by this bad dude. They needed hope, and their hope was that they, they, they thought that the Messiah, they thought that the, the idea that there was going to be somebody who was going to come and save them, they thought it was going to be like an, another king. Like the people at the time that, were, that when this happened, they thought, we're going to get another king, he's going to come in, he's going to kick Caesar's butt, he's going to be the new king, it's going to be awesome. And Jesus' plan was different. Jesus' power was never, Jesus' plan was never to rule from a throne Jesus' plan was to rule by serving and loving. And so Jesus came, and he came and he reached the people on the margins. Jesus came and he reached the people who had no hope, and he went about restoring hope in their lives. And Jesus didn't just restore hope in people's lives thousands of years ago. Jesus came to restore hope in your life and in my life. Jesus came to restore hope in the things that are going on in your friend group. Jesus came to restore hope in the things that are going on in your family. Jesus came to restore hope for you this Christmas season because there's a world that's begging for us to put our hope in something else. There's a world that's begging for us to put our hope in more stuff. That's why we have Black Friday, Stupid Saturday, you know, Super Cheap Sunday, Cyber Monday. Like, it's nuts. It's nuts. Like, the world is literally begging the world is begging for us to put our hope in things, in people, in stuff, in possessions. And Jesus came to restore hope in us. Don't miss that this Christmas season. In a season that would be so easy just to put our, stuff in more, to put our hope in more st- stuff and in more gifts and in more possessions, the invitation of Jesus is to put our hope in him because he is the only one who saves. Now, I don't know about you, but I know that I need hope this Christmas season. I know that we need hope this Christmas season. I know that with, based on some of the things that are going on in, in the lives of the people in this room, of the lives of some of the, the guys I've got, I've got a JHM life group and an HSM life group I hang out with every week, like just the stuff alone that's going on in some of, those, some, some of those guys' lives, plus the lives of people in this room, like we need hope. We need hope because the world's messy and the world doesn't just go on pause for a month while we celebrate and eat peppermint bark. I know that Jesus is the only one who can give that hope. I know that when I talk to people in my family, one of the reasons why the stuff, the the family drama that's going on right now is so complicated is that my sister was raised in the church. She was raised in a church a lot like Mariners. Like she went to JHM. She went to HSM. And then when she was in college, my parents got a divorce, and she said, like, she just ghosted on the church. She didn't want anything to do with it anymore. Um, and she's been really angry for like the last decade. She's just been really angry and very upset at church people and people in the church. Now, my mom loves God. My mom loves the church. And so that's part of why this is so difficult. And I know that in the messiness of my own life right now, I need the hope of Jesus this Christmas season. I know that I can put my hope in more stuff. I know I can put my hope in more things. I know I could put my hope in peppermint bark. But I know that the only one who truly restores that hope is Jesus. Now, here's what's important. Don't miss this. Our big idea is this. Our big idea uh, is that hope means trusting in a bigger picture. Now, here's what that big idea actually means. Hope means trusting in a bigger picture because the bigger picture is that God doesn't just want to restore hope in you, but God actually wants to use you to restore hope in others, okay? This is the bigger picture. Like, this is the plan for God's, for the entire world, is that God wants to restore hope, not just in your life, not just in my life, but in everyone's life. And the only way that that happens isn't just by God, like popping a little bit of hope in each of us, but that when God restores hope in our lives, when God heals the things that are broken and messy in our lives, God then wants to use you and I to restore hope to the world. God wants to use us to restore hope because there are people in this world that are hurting right now. Like there's people in this room that are hurting and God's plan for that hurt is to use our hope to restore hope in others. Okay, here's what we're going to do, my friends. We're going to pray, and then we're going to sing one last song with the band. They have been awesome this weekend. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray, and the band's going to lead us one more time. Pray with me. God, thank you for my friends in this room. Thank you for JHM. Thank you for a place where we can come together, um, where we can learn more about you, and where we can have our hope restored. God, my prayer is that, that you would help guide us and use us and shape us this week. Um, that as we see you restoring our hope, God, may we be used by you to restore hope in others. It's your name that we pray. Amen.
0: Hope you got a lot out of this lesson today. Make sure you check back. We are going to be posting the rest from this series and every other series we do. If you have any questions or want to know more about what's happening in junior high, there are some email addresses in the show notes. Feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to talk to you. And as we journey toward Christmas, all the Christmas times, Christmas Eve services are going to be in the show notes as well. So hope to see you around Christmas Eve. Have a great week. We love you. Life's better in junior high because you guys are in junior high. Have a good one.